a member of the DATC media family. This is Dropped Among This Crowd, a podcast that dives into the music and community of improvisational progressive rock band, Humphreys McGee. Each episode will feature a rotating schedule of insightful show recaps, interviews with members of Team UM, as well as musicians who have been inspired by the band. This is your place for the latest news and happenings in the world of Humphreys McGee, keeping you informed on what's going on or where you can catch the next show. I'm your host, Sarah J. Thanks for joining me as we dive in. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me for this week of Dropped Among This Crowd. I hope that you were able to check out last week's episode where we chatted about the four nights that the guys played with the Disco Biscuits, August 18th through 21st in Indianapolis, St. Louis, and two nights at the Caverns Above Ground in Pelham, Tennessee. There is a link in the show notes if you'd like to check that out. This week, we're going to get into the Grand Rapids show on August 24th at Frederick Meyer Gardens, August 25th at the Vic Theater in Chicago, and August 27th at the inaugural Sacred Rose Festival in Bridgeview, Illinois. Before we get into that, we of course gotta chat about the raw stewage voting that has been consuming my life as well as yours, I'm sure. I think the last time I had to decide about something this hard was back when I was naming my first born child. So much agony. Are we picking the right ones? I will say I'm very pleased that the community voted correctly the first time and made Ross Stewage happen this year at Umble. Um, no offense to anybody who voted all night wrong. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, but I mean, honestly, we can see covers anytime. Uh, Ross Stewage is something that definitely belongs at an umble. So I'm very, very excited that everybody voted correctly and we're going to be getting this this year. Just makes me even more excited for the weekend. If you don't know what Ross Stewage is, they take old Jimmy Stewart and they make brand new songs out of them. And as someone described it Lego style, which is a great way to put that. It's helped birth songs such as Remind Me, Final Word, Onward and Upward, Mad Love, Make It Right, Draconian, Stinkos, just to name a few. I'm sure there's others. Um, But it's an awesome, awesome thing to witness. Um, I really don't think that there's any other band that takes um, old jams and lyrical stews and all these different things and brings them back and gives new life to them and creates songs. And so it's going to be really exciting to see, first of all, what's chosen and then what they do with them. Um, so you can pick six on your ballot. I've got nine on my list, so I still have to get rid of three um, before I submit it. Um, it's going to be hard, but I'm going to share my nine 
with you guys. Uh, first up, June 25th, 2021, The Crooked One with lyrics uh, from Apple Valley in Lafayette, New York. I was there for this and also for the Draconian with the Jake Lyrical Stew uh, the day after. Um, honestly, this would have been my write-in for me had it not been on the list. I was very, very happy to see that it was. Um, honestly, I was very happy to see that Draconian was also on there. Did not make my nine here. Um, but musically, I like that. Um, you know, I didn't love the lyrics of it. You know, they obviously could change that. Um, but this crooked one for sure is on my list. And actually... These were my first shows back post-COVID, so it was just, you know, even more of a special two nights. And I really, really believe the lyrics in this crooked one um, that Bela sings are just begging to be made into a song. I mean, come on. Uh, number two, May 5th, 2007, ETI in Dallas, Texas. Uh, then I got October 16th. 2007, The Fuzz in Richmond, Virginia. July 2nd, 2011, Step and Razor uh, in Kansas City, Missouri. September 21st, 2011, Power of Soul in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, that one for sure is going to make it into my final cut. Step and Razor will definitely make it in my final cut. And of course, the crooked one that I already talked about. April 23rd, 2015. 1348 from Minneapolis, Minnesota. March 10th, 2016, Mantis with lyrics from Sandpoint, Idaho. April 3rd, 2019, Jajunk with lyrics from Aspen, Colorado. And August 5th, 2021, Mantis with lyrics from Wilmington, North Carolina. Voting ends October 3rd, um, so make sure you get them in if you're still contemplating what you want to put on your ballot, like I am. I'm going to overthink the hell out of this um, and probably not submit my ballot until um, the last minute. I'm the same way with Hall of Fame. I mean, I'll have a list going and I'll still, you know, overthink it so much. But yeah, this has been a lot of fun to go back and listen to these. And like I said, I'm super happy that that crooked one from last summer is on there. And I really, really hope that that uh, that makes it through because I would love for uh, those lyrics to be made into a song. Also, some other fun humble stuff. If you haven't heard, DATC Media is holding its first contest. Design an Umbold 9 helmet. The winning design will be made into a sticker that fans can purchase during the weekend, plus a whole bunch of other prizes, including a pair of tickets to an Umfree show in 2023. Check out datcmediacompany.com for details on how you can enter, all the rules, and a complete list of prizes. You have until October 21st to get your entries in. A few folks have already sent in their submissions, and it's been awesome to see what kind of creative stuff you guys are coming up with. Excited to see what else you guys have in store. So 
definitely send in your submission. No idea is too crazy or out there. Um, you know, obviously PG rated, um, but other than that, anything goes. So datcmediacompany.com under the contest tab or follow the link in the show notes. Did you know that DATC Media Company is now on Patreon? Yep, offering all sorts of really awesome exclusive merch items, content, and more to our incredible patrons. There's a variety of tiers, options, and ways for you to show your love and support. Your monthly contribution helps make Dropped Among This Crowd podcast, The Umphreys Wow Show, Crooked Conversations, and a ton more Umphreys fan-related content coming soon possible. Check it all out at patreon.com slash DATC Media Company. All right, so let's get to the shows we're going to chat about this week. First up, August 24th at Frederick Meyer Gardens in Grand Rapids, Michigan. This is the ninth time that they would play at this awesome and absolutely beautiful venue. My first time there, it was so awesome. I'm really glad that uh, I did this run of shows. A link for the episode I did recapping last year's show at this venue on August 12th can be found in the show notes. They played a very nice Spires that night uh, that I recommend you giving a spin. Also in the show notes, you'll find a link for my Nugs.net highlights playlist featuring all the tunes we'll talk about during this episode that I thought were standouts, as well as from all the shows played thus far this year. I do have like seven shows to get through, mostly the West Coast. Um, I still need to listen to. And of course, there's still a few more shows that the guys have on the calendar. So that list of almost 300 is ever evolving. But check it out. And also in the show notes, there is a link for my 2022 Hall of Fame contenders list. Those are for sure getting my vote when it comes time to cast my ballot for the year. But like I just said, (laughs) I'm still going to overthink it and antagonize and be like, oh my God, am I picking the right thing? So much pressure. Anyway, getting the evening in Grand Rapids started with the appropriate smell the mitten. Stasic laying the bricks as we begin our cruise out slightly after four minutes. Every single time I hear the dude yell, Andy Farag, during the breakdown about eight eight-ish minutes. It just makes me laugh so hard every single time. (laughs) Like, even just talking about it just makes me laugh. Like, it's so perfectly laid out where he does it. And I just love shit like that so much. You know, I know I've mentioned this before on the show that, you know, obviously the music is everything but the crowd when you get people like that or somebody else it just yells like fuck yeah just at like the perfect moment you're like that that is what I was feeling right now (laughs) like thank you that was so perfect (laughs) just love it this would enjoy a nice determined drive before defiantly stomping back into mitten proper at about 11 minutes educated guests next And I will say, I really, really love how their confidence in playing this song live has grown. I've always loved it. It's one of my favorite tunes off Similar Skin. But when they first started playing it live, 
I didn't love it. <laughs> it felt rushed and clumsy, um, but over time, they have for sure gotten more comfortable with it. And this version here is a perfect example of that. So much followed by a fatty utopian sandwich, the first from the evening that found a seat on my highlights list, stuffed inside the haunt. Ugh, just like, just saying it straight up gave me goosebumps right now. It was so good. The last time played, February 4th, 2021, during Wrapped Around Nashville, when the guys played Three Nights in Chris's Basement. But the last haunt in front of an audience was back in 2019, January 19th, at the Taft Theater in Cincinnati, Ohio. So that one was, you know, ready to come out and play a little bit. This version would begin to wander off about four minutes, enjoying some time unchaperoned before coming back into Utopian. The second half of this would take us on an intergalactic dance adventure, dramatically holding our breath, giving us a minute to strap on our dance shoes before opening right up and boogieing off slightly before one and a half back in, beginning to cool its heels about four-ish minutes later, venturing further out into the depths of space, strategically building and getting itself ready, buckling in and blasting right into hyperspace, landing back on Earth about 10 minutes and driving right back into Utopian. That whole thing was a hell of a journey, which is why, like I said, you'll find it on my highlights list. Closing out the first set in Grand Rapids with another sandwich, DBK into Always October, back into DBK. And if you've not checked out the latest episode of the Umphreys Wow Show with Rob Turner and Jimmy Knowledge, they begin their deep dive into DBK. I highly suggest checking that out to hear some really great insight on the history of that tune from Bayless, Stasek, and Joel. You can hear that anywhere you podcast or link in the show notes. Set two would reveal itself as an all-in-time sandwich, shaking all-in-time proper off and going off on its own about four and a half. This part of the jam, until slightly before 11 and a half, made my list for future stews that I would vote for, leaving all-in-time in the rear view for now. We will see that later on in this set, like I mentioned. The next exit, while it's worth, beginning to make itself visible toward the last few seconds of this first part of All in Time, erupting fully in a few seconds later. And I will admit, before now, I really wasn't keeping a list of stews that I would like to see in the future, um, but the recent voting has really uh, prompted me to do so. I keep a list of favorite versions of songs, um, but I don't keep a list of future stews that I would vote for or want to come back. So that's something that I've started keeping a little list on my phone. Um, I have some friends of mine that <laughs> have been keeping a list on that for like so long. They have like a notebook full of past stews that they would like to see. So that's pretty rad. Um, so I'll get there. So I started keeping a list. So awesome. 
My personal favorite part of this night, and I chatted about this in last week's episode, Dayville Monarchy into Draconian. And of course, you know you're going to find this on my highlights list. The first part of this, the new Jake tune, Dayville Monarchy, completely abandoning its roots slightly after four minutes, fluttering out and dancing off, cooling its heels a few minutes later and sensually drifting along with only three times played so far. This would be the longest version of this song that we've seen at the time of this episode's recording. Excited to witness this one growing and maturing. I mean, there's still so much time for that song to continue to do amazing things. Working itself all up as it starts to make its way out the door, stepping right into the aforementioned draconian, building itself into the jam about five minutes, getting more mechanical as it continues to build brick by brick, creating in my mind this incredible structure that suddenly shifts and you can hear the exact moment. It's like nine minutes and 48 seconds. It opens right up and soars way out. And we just knew we were on our way into those beautiful lyrics. Like, oh, it's talking about it now, too. Goosebumps. The way they drove that one right in there. It's almost like a proud parent moment when they do shit like that. So very, very nice. Like, when I'm at a show and they do something like that, I'm just like, very nice, guys. Like. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I just I just love it. Definitely feels like a proud parent moment. I for sure got a little misty-eyed in the moment. And even talking about it now, I got goosebumps. It just, yeah. I mean, this tune gets me anyway. I've gone on about it many times on the show. But this was pretty damn all right. Kimball next, followed by Intentions Clear. And I gotta ask, what is that bass line that Stasic is playing underneath as it heads out about four minutes? I feel like it was very, very familiar to me. Something that we've heard before. I don't know, but I've definitely heard that from him before, but I can't place it. So again, if you know, let me know. Drenched in all sorts of funk as it dances on, thanks to Joel and Stasic, falling apart slightly, rounding the corner and starting to get itself all worked up, slamming into the conclusion of All in Time to close out the second set in Grand Rapids. An encore for the evening, one tune, Booth Love. And Kick the Cat was playing an after party at the intersection. I believe it was called The Stash. It's a little part, little like club area that was off of the intersection main uh, venue. Went over there. That was a great time. I don't have a set list from this evening, but I highly suggest checking Kick the Cat out if you haven't yet. Such a great band. Um, Their guitar player is really ripping. This is only the second time I've seen them. My first time finally catching them was at summer camp. 
So it was cool to see them in an indoor setting. Um, but yeah, definitely check them out if you haven't. I will link their socials and all of that in the show notes so you can take a deeper dive. Um, they're always doing a bunch of shows, so you can definitely check them out. They're also on Spotify and iTunes um, if you want to give them a listen. That's the first thing when you did this podcast on cooking. You were like, well, let's cook. Let's pick something let's the from woods. the woods and yeah. make a meal out of it. That was your first thing. Join us as we talk about food and music. Let's do all new songs. You know, that's just the way I am. I like that instinct. I'm always like that. I'm like, I don't want to play the old shit. I want to play, you know, new, new, new. Politics and conspiracies. The guys don't say complete demolition because they were unsafe. Which sounds like bullshit. It sounds like bullshit. It's just like 9 11, right? And the wild world of sports. But there was one, like, I'm with Des Bryant, man. He got screwed in the postseason because they said he didn't finish. He made a catch. He turned his body, stepped over, and then and then he dropped and they called it incomplete. And I still felt the Cowboys and Des got screwed. There was a lot of people that completely catch Check out our new podcast called Stew on This. Tune us in and see what's cooking. Arriving October 4th, 2022, a new album from Carl Engelman titled The Long Game. Carl plays songs of our time and the long struggle of the common man against the new world order. Album art by Dylan Vaughn and mastered by Paul Clemson of Theory One Productions with backing tracks from John Engelman, Joe Dotery, and Ben Kilmer. The Long Game will be available on all platforms for streaming and downloading. I said the truth, but it disappeared. Shadow banned from the earthly soul. Two shades down in the rabbit hole. Next up this week, August 25th, at the Vic Theater in Chicago, Illinois. The last time that they played at this venue was back in 2009 on December 29th. They've graced this stage a total of 20 times. First time way back in 2000 on November 11th. This was the first time I've had the chance to see them at the Vic, so I was pretty excited for this show, and, you know, the band has a ton of history at this venue, so made it even more exciting, and we knew it was going to be a fire evening. The first set was especially something else, and I kept saying this after the evening and even recently. There was something very special about that evening, something about the way that the band was playing and connecting. Um, it was a really special night. Maybe it was just the vibes inside that venue and the history there and all of that. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was a really good, good night. Getting things started with the walkout tune, You Got the Wrong Guy, followed by Wife Soup. Then cut the cable, taking no time to charge off, full of determination slightly after only a minute, going on a nice drive around the neighborhood, bringing it home about four minutes later. A very nice speak up next, detaching itself slightly before five minutes and venturing off, piecing speak up back together about five minutes later. Joel taking us on a slight detour while holding on to its roots, fully walking in about 12 minutes. New Wings next. The pieces of the next tune starting to be laid toward the last 45 seconds of this. 
allowing this massive aircraft to soar around a bit before revealing its next course of action. Nothing too fancy. The floor at the Vic was absolutely insane as soon as they went fully in. Because, I mean, maybe not everybody, but I knew that that's where they were driving it. A couple people around me, we like all looked at each other and we had that look like we knew where we were going. But as soon as it went fully in, it was just like, oh, yes, <laughs> there's just something about it. And, you know, if you know, you know, we would complete this version later on in the evening, pivoting completely and heading into Higgins, wandering off its leash slightly before three and a half releasing its excitement about four minutes later and driving back into Higgins proper, closing out the first set at the Vic with red tape, a tune I totally love anyway, but this version would find a spot on my highlights list. The last one we saw was back in Iceland on March 25th. And geez, (laughs) that just feels like so very long ago. Feels like that's not even the same year. It's nuts. Anyway, back to this version. We'd head into the jam slightly before four and a half. Enjoying some time out coasting along. Taking it slightly closer to the stratosphere for a few. Bringing it back down to enjoy a few more laps. Rounding the corner and flying back into red tape proper slightly after 11 minutes. Something about that moment right when they hit that. I just love it so much. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I just love that so much. Goosebumps. I've had goosebumps so many times talking about these shows, and I'm only finishing set one of the Vic. Like, it was such a special and awesome weekend. Seriously. And Red Tape is such a ripping tune. I just love that song. (laughs) Like I said, before that first set in person was something else eight songs and there were moments that I felt like and I even said this to a few people around me that time was standing still and I couldn't believe that this was all one set like it was so weird how time was just happening then it was it was nuts Other people were feeling that same way, so it just wasn't me. It was just a very, very special night. I can't say it enough. Set two, opening with the floor, followed by the crooked one. This one they held on to for a little bit. Both nights at the caverns with the biscuits that we talked about last week, it was crossed off, and I kept saying that it was like something simmering in a crock pot for a while. You know, let that shit cook for several hours because you know once you do serve it, it's going to be incredible. Everybody was asking me what I wanted to hear, and I'm like, that crooked one that they've been crossing off. We, we need that. Let's, let's do this. And that was certainly the case with this one here. Beginning to dig its heels in, sensually about six and a half transporting us to another time and place, like in a dream, falling further and further down the rabbit hole as it continues on, gathering momentum and determination as it makes its way out the door, 
We get a glimpse of its intentions with about five seconds left steering and so fucking perfectly stomping into the conclusion of nothing too fancy. After that, I just kind of looked around at my friends like, holy fuck. Just one of those moments where all you do is just shake your head and just go, wow. Like, what did we just witness? That was incredible. (laughs) Puppet string next. Matter of factly going off slightly after four minutes, shaking off its aggression and dancing with a little more pep and enthusiasm in its step, twinkling down to earth and beautifully coming back together as glory. I don't know what I want next. This one would go on a really nice adventure. And slacker to close out the second set at the Vic. And boy, was that a mighty tasty one. You will find it on my highlights playlist. And this tune is another one that has been getting the treatment this year. You'll find it eight times on my list, including this one here. Leaving Slacker as a memory as we start our journey out slightly after two minutes, taking no time to really sink deep in, venturing further and further into the darkest part of the jungle, lured deeper and deeper into a dream, being led to let all inhibitions go, just forget about all the things and let yourself be taken over. This is one of those jams where you want to just be lost so far deep inside of it. And everything in the world is okay right now because you're just engulfed in this amazing jam. Beginning to build this monster brick by brick that's going to engulf everything in its path slightly after nine minutes. Continuing to climb and build higher and higher reaching its max, beginning its tumble down to earth slightly after 12 minutes, picking itself up and making its walk back into slacker. Joel leading the pack very confidently. I did move this over to my Hall of Fame contenders list. Um, I haven't had a song do that in a little while. This is just a pretty ripping version for sure and like i said slacker has been getting some serious love this year um i mentioned many times that it's been the year of the mantis um but it's definitely also been the year of the slacker i mean finding eight versions on my 2022 list like yeah they're really having a lot of fun with that one uh three song encore this evening and i love to see it First up, The Wait Around, followed by the conclusion of Puppet String and completely wrapping up the evening with a scapegoat. And very cool, awesome fact, the guy who won the auction to have Umphreys write a song that would grow up and morph into a scapegoat was actually at this show and this was the first time that he got to see this tune live i think that's so awesome to see this thing not only come to life the way that it has since it was revealed that it was going to be on asking for a friend and get so much love with the way they've been playing it this summer but get to witness it in this mature state live i mean that's 
that's super fucking awesome. It's like another proud parent moment. I mean, you birthed this song with Bayless and now it's become this whole thing. So getting to see that live had to be such an awesome experience for him. Do you create really rad fan art? Is your band wanting to get into the ears of umfreaks? Maybe your small business provides an awesome service and you'd like some like-minded clients to work with. Are you looking to hire some music-loving folks for your team? Perhaps you've had an idea for an umfreaks-themed podcast or something else that you just know this community would love, but you weren't sure where to start. Dropped Among This Crowd Media Company wants to help. With space available for your Umphreys-related show idea, social media promotion of your band, ad spots across the network, and so much more, Dropped Among This Crowd Media Company can help you be seen, heard, and reach tons of fellow Umphreaks, musicians, and other kind folks. Want to know more or have questions? Shoot an email to sarah at datcmediacompany.com. Hey, this is Rob Turner. I hope you're enjoying this podcast on the Dropped Among This Crowd Media Network. But my friend Jimmy Knowledge and I also have a podcast on this network that we'd like you to listen to, don't we, Jimmy? It's called the Umphreys Wow Show. What we're doing, at least in this season, it uh, we're perfectly willing to let the podcast evolve over the course of time. But season one, we're going through various old school Humphreys McGee songs and exploring them with comments from the band and from the listeners. Generally, we have a side A that's more of a general overview. And then we have a side B where Jimmy Knowledge shines even more than usual. Right, Jimmy? Tell them about side B. Side B is for the curious, the folks that have their scuba gear on and are diving deeper into the improv world and and uh, a lot of the the gooey goodness that happens in in each of these songs they they all have a unique personality and we explore that the best versions of the song the the uh traces of where the song came from and the songs that came from improvisation out of these songs and then we have a metal round with a guest from the umphreys world and they each, Jimmy, myself, and the guest, pick their top three versions of said song. And then you, the listener, vote on them. And there is some waxing poetic. Not too much. Well, maybe sometimes too much. But we appreciate if you give us a chance and listen. It's the Umphreys Wow Show on Dropped Among This Crowd Media. Thank you, Sarah. All right. And finally this week, August 27th at Sacred Rose Festival in Bridgeview, Illinois at Seat geek stadium this would be the same location of the drive-in shows that the band played back in 2020 on september 5th and 6th as well as in july 2021 on the 14th and the 15th shout out to my good friends sean and kelly who let me stay with them the nights of the festivals i just love them so much We went Friday and checked out music and the festival grounds, even though Umphreys did not play until Saturday. Definitely a good choice. Um, 
because otherwise I don't think we would have been able to check out as much of the festival as we did. So many really cool art installations. Um, they had this boat that you could go on and it was in the field where Umphreys was going to be. Um, but we were there Friday checking everything out and to be able to like stand up there. And I got some really cool pictures and the art installations were really, really awesome. And the laser dome was pretty rad too. Um, that was the first place that we checked out. It's this giant inflatable soccer dome that had all these lasers in it and then various artists would be playing music and when we went in there the first time freak bass was playing and it was funny because like we had just got there and that was the first thing we went to go do we go inside and it's just like okay I guess we're like all into this and that freak bass set was so sick that guy is phenomenal. Seriously, check that dude out if you haven't. He actually sat in with Umphreys before on the Prince Tune controversy back in 2018, August 19th in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, I remember watching the stream of that and, oh boy, was that nasty. That was so ridiculous. Definitely check that out if you have not. Anyway, back to Sacred Rose, other artists that played during the weekend, Phil Lesh and Friends, The War on Drugs, Lettuce, we caught that set and that was really good. Uh, Goose was there, STS9, Andy Frasco caught his set too. I mean, that's always a party. La Special also caught them and like I've said before here on the show, they are just so damn good. Um, I think I've seen them like six times this year. And yeah, if you have not had the chance to see the special, you need to go see the special because they are fucking ripping. There was a shit ton of other artists playing over the course of the three days. Their lineup was seriously stacked. This was a really great time, and I know that folks had some issues and complaints. I know there were some issues with, you know, people getting charges on their card and just all sorts of stuff. Um, and as somebody who used to be an event coordinator and a wedding planner, I know from experience that the first time you throw an event or you're executing some big thing that you've planned for months, there will always be something that goes wrong and there will always be something that you can learn and do better the next time that, you know, you wouldn't have even thought of until the event actually happens. Not even something that would have crossed your mind. And then after you're like, oh yeah, we definitely got to fix that for next year. So I know a bunch of people had some complaints about the two stages being too close together, which during one set we caught, um, maybe it was the lettuce set, can't remember, um, you could for sure hear the other band, but I was so close during Umphreys that, I mean, that wasn't an issue for me during their sets. Um, but for a first year thing, from my perspective, it was great. This was the first time that I've been to a festival like this where you didn't camp at or... Um, you know, I go to a hotel for summer camp, but there's people camping there. So this is the first time that I've ever been to anything like that where there was no camping at all. So that was pretty cool to experience. Um, you know, 
one point Saturday night between the two Humphrey sets. The bathrooms were gross, but I mean, that's par for the course. But other than that, everything else that I experienced was great. I don't really have any complaints. Hope they do it next year and they're able to make it even better. And I hope that Umphreys comes back. Umphreys would play both of their sets on the Vega stage. And that was a pretty massive stage. So interesting to see them in a setting like this, especially after just seeing them at the Vic or any of the many places that I have smaller venues. And Ben, of course, absolutely slayed with the EDM style rig filled with video walls and strobes. I mean, that whole setup was next level and no doubt was that super fun for him. I mean, that was just so awesome seeing them on that stage with that whole setup and everything. It was fucking rad. Getting this night started with nipple tricks, sliding right into Miss Tinkles, venturing off into the jam slightly after three minutes, climbing its way out and back into Miss Tinkles about four minutes later. Small strides next would take us on a nice journey through space. And I thought that that was a little Gloria Stefan rhythm is going to get you at like five minutes. Definitely sounded like it to me. At first, I thought it was Michael Jackson. And I was like, no, maybe it's Gloria Stefan. And then I was like, maybe it's Michael Jackson. No, I think it's Gloria Stefan. Either way. (laughs) And, you know, listening to these new songs and what they've been doing with them, there are for sure a few options for what they're going to play heading into the countdown this year at New Year's. Which, side note, I'm super pumped about because they haven't played a New Year's show since 2019. So this is going to be an awesome two nights. Um, But Small Strides, Pure Saturation, Escape Goat. I mean, any of those would be a lot of fun um, to do with the countdown for sure. In the Kitchen would follow Small Strides, the first tune from this evening that would find a spot on my highlights list. Getting into the gritty of it about four minutes, spreading its wings and soaring higher. Just love the hopefulness to this jam. So that's why I threw it on my list. It just gives you all the confidence and fuck yeah vibes. Love those kinds of jams. New tune fenced in next and Bayless afterward mentioned the sign language people. And I think they had like three people total throughout the set and they would change through, which makes sense considering how Umphrey's music is. It's probably exhausting to do sign language to their music. It was so interesting to watch. There were moments where I was actually watching them more than the show because it was so awesome. I mean, Umphrey's in sign language. just. So neat. And now that I think about it, this is the first time that I've been in an Humphrey show and I've seen that. I've been to other shows where they had someone signing, but this was the first time I've seen it in an Humphrey show. I 
think maybe watching a live stream before at like a major festival like Peach or something like that, they had someone. Um, but this is the first time I'd seen it in person, and I thought that it was really awesome. And I wonder if they're fans of the music or if they're just so damn good at their job that they completely killed this. I don't know. But it was a cool thing to witness. 40s theme next. And I mentioned this last week, the 40s theme episode of the new show with Rob Turner and Carl Engelman stew on this with their first guest, Jake Sinegar. Check that out for sure. And the episode that just dropped last Thursday, uh, Ryan Stasek joined them and had an awesome conversation about his favorite food cities and how he eats healthy on the road. And they talk about sports and a whole bunch of awesome stuff. I just love Rob and Carl. Their show is so much fun. So definitely give that a listen. Anywhere you podcast or, of course, link in the show notes. Whoppy Sprayberry next, dancing off slightly after four minutes, plunging into an underwater land, coming up for air about a minute later before going back in, adventuring through uncharted territory, finding its way to land, really cooling its heels slightly after eight minutes slowly making its crawl back into Wapi proper. A very dramatic wizards, particularly at three minutes until Joel tickles the ivories leading our way back in about three minutes later. And that would close out the first set at Sacred Rose. And the band had a long ass break of like two hours before the second set. And that would start with a very nice standalone 1348. Pure Saturation next, which was kind of funny that they played this. I saw Joel that afternoon walking around the festival grounds. He had just gotten there. And I went up to say hey and suggest that he go in the laser dome because it was rad. And I was wearing the new sunglasses that my friend Kelly made me that said pure saturation on them and he goes nice glasses and I was like thanks if you need any inspiration for what to play tonight and then I kind of like waved my hand under the lens and he smiled was like yeah okay I was like yeah all right they're not gonna play it and then they did so that was awesome and you're welcome for the help guys (laughs) hurt bird bath after that also finding a seat on my highlights list when it comes back out of Hurt Birdbath and seductively undresses, especially about nine minutes, then falls deeper in that grimy, seductive unfreeze. I'm so here for it. Finding its way back into Hurt Birdbath proper. And I feel like most times that that one is played, it finds itself on my highlights list. The Lanier would follow, charging off headfirst toward the jam about five minutes. Stasic unleashing an ominous beast slightly after eight minutes, contorting and morphing as it crawls along, consuming everything in its path like some sort of evil radioactive ooze. The beast calming itself down, moving sweetly into Haji and closing out the evening at Sacred Rose Fest 
with a meaty junk. That was such an amazing weekend. I'm so glad that I went and did that run of shows. And it was cool to see them at Sacred Rose and check out that festival. Um, it was a lot of fun. And like I said, I really hope that they do it again because I would definitely head back there. All right. So that's everything I have for this week of the show. There are a bunch of links in the show notes for where you can listen to these shows as well as anything else that I may have referenced throughout this episode. Also in the show notes, you'll find links for where you can check out the DATC vault stuffed with a bunch of past episodes to binge on, how you can support DATC Media on Patreon, as well as where you can snag your pre-order of the summer edition of Crooked Conversations. So make sure you check all of that out. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you around these parts in two weeks. Mad love.